really dig into it. And this other guy just down the way was like, uh, Hey, do you want to be a baller? And then like throws up one of the balls. And I was like, uh, yes, actually I do. <laughs> Did so you flash I, your Rolex at him and say, right, too late? you know, like, what? <laughs> uh, already decked out in gold. Now, so, Oh, ice drip breath. Right. Oh, that's what they call me. Everybody knows me that yeah. way. Yeah. Right. So, Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we chat about reframing failure and the associated frustration in order to find more meaningful experiences in both gaming and life. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. So what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? I picked up some... I can't really say they're fire. I picked up some glow sticks this week. Okay. Yeah, Why can't go. you say fire sticks? Well, because they didn't actually burn. Um, I, but they I do. They do. They do. They can burn. Yes. But I didn't light them on fire this time. So Why? Um, because I felt like it would be like a... I, I felt like I was going to get too self-conscious about it. Ah. And it's supposed to be like I told like the whole weekend, the whole this whole last week, I told myself that if there's anything that makes me feel too self-conscious that just to not do it, like I just like I, I spent a weekend practicing telling myself, no, I don't have to prove that prove anything to anyone, even myself. I'm like mm. just trying to have fun. So if right. I was about to get too serious, like I'm going to be I'm going to do such a good job. Like, no, you're not. You're not doing it at all now. Like do something else. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this recently, like, because uh, I have, like, for me, for example, when I play shooters, like, I'm never that great at shooters. Like, I'm okay. Right. You know what I mean? But certainly, so, like, in social circumstances, or even just if I'm playing in pugs, like, I'm just like, uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm maybe... I definitely am never carrying and I'm, if we're losing, I'm not entirely sure that it's not just my fault. You know what I mean? And if it's, and if I'm the last person there, I'm like, no, no, I do not need everybody watching my camera right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the public has no idea what that whole intro piece was though. I went to a festival over the weekend. Oh, right. Where you learned fire stick. Where I learned fire dancing. Well, we're not even five minutes in yet. I didn't even say MMO. They're fine. Oh man. They're fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't want to lose them right out the game. No, you're fine. It was fair. It was fair. (laughs) We could go back to the gaming. I just wanted to hit that. It felt weird. No, no, it's no, no, it's, it's good. So yeah, you went to a, you went to a festival where there was all these performers and you're learning Mm -hmm. different dances and how to do fire sticks and glow sticks, I guess. Anything that like glows, lights up, twirls around in circles, or some of it didn't even just glittery things. Like some of it wasn't even light up stuff. Like a lot of fans, a lot of poi, a lot of uh, this juggling, a lot of juggling and an ordinate. I've never seen so many jugglers. (laughs) Well, so like where I was, where I was going with bringing up shooters is that what you were talking about though, is like not, you're learning something new. And so you're not trying to get in your own way by being worried about what everyone else thinks or what you think about what they think or whatever. 
this endless <laughs> rabbit hole that it can become, especially in public with strangers. Oh yeah. In public per- doing a performance. Right. In public <laughs> with, with something that like I could hurt myself with, <laughs> right. Like, even if it's not on fire, you, there's a lot of head injuries and sling, sling and poi around. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but it's interesting. Like whenever I, it, it's the, it's the, like the evil deception of, um being self-conscious about something is that when a person gets self-conscious they are now spending time dealing with that with the self-consciousness right with like what do these people think what do i think what does Mm -hmm. it mean how will it change things later whatever rabbit holes you want to go down and that is then stealing all of the energy and mental capacity that the person who is now self-conscious about the task they're doing from the task that they're self-conscious mm-hmm. about. You can't, you can't, yeah, you're, you're just 60% of your energy is spent worrying about screwing up the thing that you're trying really hard not to screw up. Which inevitably makes it way more likely that you screw up. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> you're not paying any attention to it now. Right. You're paying attention. It's like, uh, I don't know, for me, I always have that when, like, I, I don't comprehend people that can have the TV on as background noise. Because the most uninteresting thing will just sap my attention. Like mm. I will just lock onto it and kind of open mouth stare at whatever it is. And, and it'll be frustrating because I can't put any energy in anything else. And that's, that's like self-consciousness for me. That's like being self-conscious about something is all of my energy goes into it. And I stop whatever else I was doing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't have that ability to. So for me, like, you know, I listen, I can listen to music in mm-hmm. the background, but actually the truth is, is that when I actually really am engaged in whatever the other task is, I'm not hearing the music. Like I know it's there, but. Or, or I'll be singing the lyrics and not doing whatever. Sure. (laughs) The only other music instead. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just into music now. I'm just. But when I started listening to podcasts all the time, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to podcasts while I work instead of music. That'll Mm -hmm. be great. And then, yeah, it turns out as soon as I start typing an email or doing whatever work thing I'm doing, I have no idea what the podcast is about anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm just not (laughs) able. It it turns out like you're not able to listen to one thing while you write a complete like a dissertation on the politics of some country while you're writing an email about, you know, work related business. (laughs) Right, right. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's it's. um, I mean, this is not gaming related, but like I have someone in my life that's close to me who suffers from pretty bad anxiety and other people that know them were concerned that they might have be developing like early signs of dementia or something. Oh, wow. right? Yeah. But if you talk to this person that is, that people are worried about what actually happens is their anxiety is so severe that in any given moment, they are so worried that they're going to mess up and it's not a performance. It's just a right. conversation. Mm-hmm. They're so worried. They're going to mess it up that they're not paying attention to the conversation. And so then it, feels like they're confused mm-hmm, but it's not mm-hmm. because they listened and couldn't keep track it's because they're not actually listening right. they're not actually engaged right yep. they're just in this trap of of worry <laughs> so so along with all of this this is something that i've learned lately um that things things that my therapist has known about me for a long while but hasn't chose to disclose until i was ready for them um she kept on using the term that like that's a very sober way of thinking um and and i would laugh and i was like yeah but i've been having i've actually been drinking more alcohol lately now that i don't (laughs) smoke um because i quit smoking and it's not like a lot a lot but like 
something that I could see that I was doing is like, I'm tr- I, I don't want to pick it up as a coping, po- coping mechanism. And she's like, yeah, but that in itself is very sober thought, mostly because you've been so addicted to your own anxiety as a means of keeping like keeping yourself high functioning because you operate well under stress means that you've kept yourself under a constant state of stress for years and taking a breath and slowing down as a means of like reducing your stress literally puts your body into withdrawal symptoms Mm. where I am like the, (laughs) the result of trying to not be anxious is actually just panic and anxiety (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) because, because they're withdrawal symptoms and uh and yeah and she's like you're you're starting to operate from a space of not not stress and your body does not know what to do with that Mm. and so that's what's sobering is those moments where your body is learning what to do when it's not just buzzing right and yeah so that's been a very that's a lot of the things that i've been doing lately have all kind of revolved around well just treating myself different so far people might be like (laughs) <laughs> what does that have to do with video games, which is fair, but this is an experience in video games and it's not unique to even a single genre. Like Mm-mm. this is actually what we experienced when we started playing Starcraft two again. A couple yeah, of I was going to, I was going to go right there is like, this is exactly that cycle of changing thought of right. changing. Cause like the other thing is, is that like that background anxiety was a baseline level for me that like, I can pay better attention to video games now because I don't have a baseline level of stress. I can be more aware. It could be more situational. I could be more creative or strategic. Like I can even like aim and move better because I'm not, my muscles aren't all stressed so I can move and react quicker. Like it's, it's all related. Well, and or if, if you only want to give 80% to a game, then you can actually give 80% and it's not because the other 20% is tied up doing something else. Right. Like, yep. <laughs> I can still relax at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Right. There is also something to be said though, I think for, um, for just doing something a lot, like we don't really play Starcraft anymore. We play a ton of rocket league mm-hmm. and with rocket league. I mean, the matches are, you know, five minutes it takes a little longer, of course, because of goals and kickoffs and all that stuff, but whatever it's a few minutes each game and and now the way that the queues work i mean you jump into the next queue within seconds yeah sometimes before the score screen of the current Uh game is even displayed yep um and so you do that for a couple of hours and it's like whatever plays or mistakes i've made and and i might kick myself in the moment for it but I, i can't remember anymore i don't know what game I whiffed in or when I whiffed or when I mm-hmm. was not back when I was supposed to be, or when I ran into my team. Well, it's yeah, it's all more, just this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's more about noticing the patterns than it is about the individual. Like I don't like, yeah, in the moment, maybe I'm like, Oh, I missed the shot. But right. at the end of the day or the week, if I look back, it's not me beating myself up for missing every individual shot. It's like, Oh, when I approach, from the left like i have a tendency to to react this way or like if i'm you know not getting back quick enough it's because i'm spending too long center and like it's more of a a, an amalgamation of those things which are a lot easier to take it's a lot easier to work on it as like a theory than it is as an individual shot or movement 
Well, and it's the same thing with like StarCraft. Like whenever we were playing StarCraft 2, you know, I'd always played Protoss and Vibe, who we actually had the privilege of interviewing last year, um, put out these, he's done it a few times, but he puts out these bronze to Grandmaster series mm-hmm. uh, for each race, which is just yeah. remarkable and just gives you the build. And in most of it, he doesn't even look at the enemy's side of the map until yep. he's in like diamond or higher. So it's crazy. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to follow his guide for Terran. Cause I'd always kind of wanted to try it to see what to be evil would feel to be, like to be Imba. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. What would it be like to, what be is OP? it? What is it? Yeah. It, it, what is easy mode? Like, right, right. <laughs> Tiny Tim Protoss over here is tired of being left out in the cold. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so let's go over to the, the, the Sith Lord, uh, Terran army. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and I, I mean, obviously I'm not good at Starcraft, so I think I got to gold in the day. (laughs) I'm sure that's as far as it went. Um, but anyway, I did it all in a single day. Like I started playing at like 10 or 11 in the morning and had never played Terran ranked. So played all the rank matches and then went from bronze to gold in a single day. And so it probably took, I don't know, eight hours of playing or something that day. And it was the same thing. Like by the end of that eight hours, like I couldn't remember when I got Zerg rushed and embarrassed or when I got right. cannon rushed and embarrassed or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it all just kind of goes together. It's just, it's interesting whenever something is singular, it can feel like the weight of the world is on that thing. But then as soon as you yes. can repeat it a bunch, it's like, oh, it, it's it, insignificance not the right word because it's not that everything doesn't have meaning all of a sudden no but there is a comfort it's comfort and confidence yeah really. which was where which again it kind of brings back to why i didn't burn it's like i didn't have i was comfortable with the motions i was not comfortable with the motions on fire right and and i didn't want to i didn't want that to it wasn't a learning space it was a performing space right and so i was like i don't want to try to do learning in a performance space you know so you you shared a story with me off air that I just want to I don't have a clean way of asking you to tell it. Yeah. So the, but the, the story about you going to one of the more challenging classes yeah. there. So um, one of the classes that I took was so this was a as a as a rough <laughs> 10,000 foot view. I went to Kinetic Fire 2022, uh, which was like a four day flow arts festival in Indiana. And uh, one of the classes that I took there is called contact juggling. Um, it's something that if you've seen the labyrinth, uh, David Bowie as the goblin King spins these glass or acrylic spheres in his hands, uh, at several points. Those are actually Michael motions hands, a kind of renowned circus and, and performing arts, uh, performer. And, uh, and, and that, that like acrylic sphere, which also in the like early mid two thousands was briefly known as Fushigi. Uh, there were a bunch of commercials for that, for the Fushigi ball. It's magic. Ah. Uh, the ball itself is not magic. It's a heavy acrylic sphere. The magic is in um, in in manipulating it and uh, making it look as if it stays stationary while you move around it or rolling it across your body and balancing it on different places or you know, like balancing it on your forehead and, and things like that. So I've always been interested in this, um, and but never really took it up, didn't know how to break in. And would just never thought about it at a time when I had like access to the internet or something, right? It just never came up. But I I went actually for a different class um, under this pavilion. There were two classes going on. 
and the the first class didn't start quick enough and i didn't know what it was like the name was really vague um and i didn't know what type of class it was and i didn't look really dig into it and this other guy just down the way was like uh hey do you want to be a baller and then like throws up one of the balls and i was like uh, yes actually i do <laughs> did so you flash I, your rolex at him and say right too late? you know like what <laughs> um, i already decked out in gold now. so oh ice drip breath right oh that's what they call me everybody knows me that yeah. way yeah right so um so yeah I, I ran over and and he said hey so of all there's a bunch of different flow arts that were being taught i think there's at least uh i don't know close to 10 10 to a dozen different like props and activities and dances and he's like this is uh this is probably going to be one of the least rewarding training classes that you will have today because contact juggling uh, requires a lot of patience and dedication and um all of the motions that you learn will conceptually be easy to understand he said i'll teach you like five basic motions today and your brain will get them. They will make very, they're very simple. It'll make sense. But the thing is, is your body will not be able to do any of them because you have to train micro movements. This is, these are about micro balance points and finding them within your body and understanding them and the prop. So he said, instead, we're all going to learn the very first move. And this one leans into every other one. And this one, I believe we can all get through together if we believe in ourselves. Is everybody ready? He said, hold the ball up in front of you. We'd all been given a training ball. So we all hold it up in front of you. And he goes, drop the ball. We all drop the ball. And it just thuds around the room. And then he goes, all right, now everybody pick up your ball. And everybody kind of reaches down and picks it up. And he goes ballistic. He's hooping and hollering and cheering everybody on. And he said, that's the move. That's the one that if you keep doing that move, you will get better. Because you are going to drop this ball a ton, an absolute ton. But if you continue to pick it back up, you will make progress. It will become visible. It just takes time. And you just got to keep doing it. And I really felt it kind of called out. Because he called everybody out. He was like, look, if you have problems with self-confidence or if you need uh, those quick wins if you need the 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 instant gratification he said you may not make it through this class today (laughs) but if you stick with it it's really cool and very impressive and it looks effortless and nobody else will be able to do what you do so (laughs) yeah no that's that that is the story thank you and that's i love that because it's exactly what we're talking about and in this context it's not even the like doing the performance it's just the simple act of failing Mm -hmm. and that that failure can seem like there's so much weight on it, but then if you just get used to it, there's not, it's kind of like, you know, I have not done it a ton and I will just, again, I always have to say this. I am not a comedian, um, <laughs> but I have done stand up comedy uh, it, a few different times in my life. And that's kind of part of that too, is like when someone's anyone that's never done stand up that you talk to about it will always be like, Oh my God, the courage to do that. Like I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine mm-hmm. doing it. Like that has to be so horrifying. And it's like, like, yeah, but it's exactly what we're talking about again, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, but once you've gone up there and everyone's just looked at you and then you've just looked back at them and everyone's quiet together, you don't die or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you call it dying on stage, but you don't actually die. <laughs> and then you, you, you just learn that it just doesn't actually matter. And 
the truth is, is that it, it also comes back to like a self-importance thing that I think is also another trap of insecurity, which is like, if you, if you're doing a performance thing and you suck at it, no one's going to remember because right. they don't care because mm-hmm. it sucked. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I mean, now if you go like catastrophically longer, like if you had done the fire and lit yourself on fire, right. And you like right. had to be then hospitalized. A... Then that's a <laughs> then story a everyone tells, but that's right. not, that's not because you messed up the dance. That's because you hurt yourself. Right. Mistake. Yeah. It's, I, I made a much bigger mistake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, but no, I, I think that, it, I think that it is a lot about like, I've been learning to reframe failure and to just not call things failure. Yeah. Like, like dropping the ball and picking it back up. The whole point of doing that and calling it a success and hooping and hollering was to remove it from the feeling of failure. Right. So that the next time when I was trying to balance the ball and it hit the ground and I was like, Oh crap inside, like inside where I felt that like, Oh dang it. Instead of feeling that I might feel the woohoo. Hey, like <laughs> I get it. It. <laughs> like, do it again. You did it. You did the thing. Yeah. Because it means that you're, pr- and, and this, there's actually another story that goes along with this. So they had a gala on, on the Friday and Saturday night that I was there where they had performers performing for performers. Right. And, um, there were, there were a couple of pretty, pretty big name acts. And I heard it, it was, I was pretty up close to the front at one point. Um, cause I was, I had befriended friends of one of the performers. So we were up front getting video and I heard some people talking like, Oh my God, this, this group of people, I've only ever seen them on YouTube, like, and, and I've never seen them do any of this stuff. And one of the kind of more tenured people is like, yeah, uh, performers that perform for normies, uh, do normies are impressed by the simple stuff, but if you mess up, they hold that against you a lot harder. Whereas performers like are not impressed by the simple stuff because everybody's learned the simple stuff and every single person in here has dropped something like 10 times today practicing so if you drop a prop somebody dropped a prop on stage and people were like like ever the crowd went wild and and they did it three times they actually tried the same move three times and they got like most of it down by the third time and the crowd was going absolutely ballistic and they're like that's because everybody in the crowd knows how impossible that is and how like like cheering them help to help overcome that feeling of self-consciousness on stage because like if you were performing in front of you know a normal act of people and you drop your prop people might (gasps) gasp and oh my goodness you know but if you're doing it in front of performers it means you're trying something hard right and it's something that they probably haven't seen anybody do before yeah so yeah, like learn, learn to screw up and, and like it's not it's not screwing up. It means it, all it means is that you're doing something different. I know it, it, I think that it makes me a jerk because I don't think I was articulated about it at all when I was doing it. Um, but <laughs> when I go to open mics as a do when I would do open mics, you know, for stand up or whatever. And again, I am not a comedian. I have died many times on stage. I failed many times. So none of this comes from a place of arrogance or something that's not my point at all right but one of the few things you're not arrogant about no no wow um <laughs> but... <laughs> just my just my capacity to beat games that's the most that's right, the thing i'm go. most arrogant okay. about yeah. <laughs> um 
and my and my and my willing my ability to turn away from MMOs. You know what I mean? To just turn oh yeah, no, feet. definitely something that you are renowned for. Yeah, renowned. Don't That's mean, a word yeah. that I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I don't know where I was going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I okay. just shut that down. No, it, it's my own fault. I wanted to play, and then here we are. Um. Oh man, getting getting up on stage, not coming from a place of arrogance. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's just that, like, and if I was doing it now, I would explain myself to them so they would know where I was coming from, and it probably would make it a lot better for everyone in the room. Um, but when when open micers die on stage, when it just bombs, and to be clear, it's not like you're in front of like a thousand people or something. There's yeah, like no, maybe ten people in the room, maybe right. and eight of them are waiting for their turn to be on stage or just got done, <laughs> right. Right? So it's not like you're, you know, embarrassing yourself in the world's biggest stage or something. But anyway, when someone just tells a joke and it just goes dead flat, it's just funny. Like <laughs> it's just a funny moment because yeah. everyone in the room knows what was supposed to happen, which is kind of the premise of a joke. And like its core is like we all have an right. So it's, so it's subverting it the, the other so way instead of the roarous laughter. It's yeah, the silence, which it's, in itself is subverting the expectation. Right. Yeah, which then you do get the roarous laughter because <laughs> I because... laugh from the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like haha, you suck. Like I'm not heckling, right? Or it's trying to be mean. This it's is, just this like was this is so hilarious. Yeah, because <laughs> usually the other side of that coin is that usually. Um, when an open micer fails, it's because it's on something really crass because open micers are new. And so they mm -hmm. think that being crass is like the key to being lean funny. into shock value. Yeah. And, and so they usually will say something that's just so awful that anyone would have said, and then it's just dead silent. And there's no lead up to it. It's no. just straight to awful. It's just abrupt awfulness. You're just like, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. And they're not trying, they're not coming from a place of cruelty, though. They're right. trying to be funny. Like yep. they're trying to make a joke. And yeah, anyway. Anyway, my it just reminded me of the like performers judging other performers kind of thing, right? Like, right. Like I like because I'm not coming from a place of like, haha, you should never do this. You suck. You're terrible. It's all it's more just like oh man like this like like good on you because you're up there doing it and like this is so ridiculous and... i mean it it reminds me honestly of like speed running communities mm, yeah Cause, like because yeah, yeah no that's you'll really get that some in like you'll get your twitch chat quote unquote like grandmasters and stuff right where like people that are like oh he should have used the the other ramp when he did this or oh he should have fought with this style because everybody knows that he would have won if he did that but then you get into like and that's kind of your normie community watching a performer play a game, right? Especially somebody who's not the best of the just some just a middle of the run Twitch streamer, which could very easily have a couple thousand viewers, right? Like is not it's not an uncommon thing. And yeah, tons of heckling. But then you get into a speedrunning community and you may have it doesn't matter if you're brand new or the top speedrunner, and you have 12, 15 people in your chat every single one of them if you screw up and you reset i mean how many times does a speedrunner reset a like i've watched them and you just said it see resets within 20 seconds of opening right. the game and every reset people are cheering them on 
Right. Like, yeah. And that's just, that's, that's people who are performing for the love of the activity. Yeah. And speed running is, I don't know. On the one hand, there's less creativity, I think, because it's almost kind of a math problem, right? Sometimes, yeah. I don't know how much expression there gets to be through it. Um, especially once it's a game that's been speed run a lot. Once it's a lot. There's even still, though, there's like games where most people don't try this trick because right. it's really hard. Right, right. And, that's and fair. It's, it's safer fair. to go the other route until somebody has a breakthrough. Right. And so some people will dedicate their lives to the one impossible trick until they become the master at it. And... But I would almost say that like, like speed running is almost, maybe that's the most... I don't have the words. I don't have a good sentence. It's like the most um, in line with the idea of gaming as a performance, which would sound weird because you have like esports and stuff where they're definitely competing and performing. I get it though, because it's kind of scripted. Yeah. In in a sense, like it's choreographed. That's what I'm looking for. It's choreographed. And it's also like, um, to your point, it's very much because they just, like that thing because they like it versus like in starcraft maybe you like starcraft and you like rts but maybe you also just like being at the top of the ladder or something you know what i mean right right. but in in speed running i guess there's ladders and stuff maybe that's still there i don't know i don't know to me it just feels like speed running is kind of like the I don't want to say artistic take on games. No, I mean, That's it is, right, it's but... a very, I get where you're going from though. Cause I was thinking the same thing though. It's, it's a strange merger of like logic and art. Yeah. Right. Where like it, it does have like, you have the Taz, you have the tool assisted speed run, you have the perfect game. Right. Yeah. And everybody's trying to get to that. And everybody knows, but that's not something that it, there's not like, it's not like everybody's trying to repaint the Mona Lisa because the robot painted the most perfect Mona Lisa, right? Like, right. that's not a thing that you'd normally see in art. Art is art is subjective. It is individual. And yet, but you also have the most kind of creativity and, ah, it is, I, I, I get where you're coming from. It's, it's, it's a very unintuitive thing where... Well, it's also kind of unintuitive to spin a stick with fire on it right like it kind of is that's kind of not what you want to do yeah right like your body wants to get away from it right and so it's like and and i don't mean that speedrunners are playing games wrong that's not my point at all but it's just that like they're not playing it in the way that the developer thought they were designing it to be played generally right Right. like they're kind of subverting that idea maybe that is the art is yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know hmm so you okay. had brought up an interesting uh, correlation, which I really enjoyed, which was kind of the Dark Souls correlation. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it is that it's the it, it goes back to the dropping the ball is exactly that, which is, you know, in Dark Souls or Elden Ring or any in between, uh, I guess, Demon Souls, actually. Would I, was, I would say Elden Ring is kind of that new hotness right now. So, well, but know. it's also made by that from software. Right, so it's right. the same company. Um, but yeah, like all of those games very early on make you do a boss fight that I guess you can win. If you can beat it and you've never played the game before, I would be very surprised. Um, There are people who know how to play the game and then go back and will eke out the first boss fight. Right. At least in the first Dark Souls. I don't know if it's possible in the others uh, or not. But either way, very quickly the game wants you 
to die <laughs> and go back to the gravesite or whatever and then respawn and go again because dying is not losing right it's what they're trying to teach you and in almost all i mean starting with mario mm -hmm. <laughs> if you die you lose and if you lives. lose all of your lives yep. the game is over and you have to start over and in dark souls when you die you start at your last checkpoint basically mm -hmm. but but even then like even though all the monsters respawn if you opened a secret door or something that is still done right nice. like you don't lose yep. that progress yep. so there's there are things that continue to persist but yeah it's like it doesn't the game wants you to believe that death is not failure and i think that most people who think the games are too hard to enjoy miss that lesson right yeah like this is not like you're not supposed to be frustrated by the death <laughs> like because it's part of it because yeah you... especially like gate like super meat boy the speed of your respawn and the un there's no fanfare to respawning right you just poof there like well and so it, what it so one of my earliest as an adult favorite games so not nostalgia from childhood at all was um the ninja gaiden game on xbox oh that was a really xbox. good game that was a really good game it, yeah. it, it, graphically dude it looked so good for that generation like it's it, it was crazy. maybe that's why i want to play with fire sticks is because they had the like oh god what were they called they're like two chain hooks yep was I like oh, i name. think i used that through like 90 percent of the game i used just one weapon <laughs> right right yeah and, and then ninja gaiden 2 which was on 360 uh, is even better in my opinion anyway love those games though and they were some of the first games that as an adult i really fell in love with but the reason i fell in love with them was because they are games where similar to dark souls where any enemy could be lethal really at any time now you get to a point where you're good enough at the game and you've kind of leveled up weapons and stuff where you can dispatch enemies pretty quickly like the lower level ones but if you don't actually play defense, right? If you don't block and dodge effectively, they can still kill you relatively. Oh quickly. yeah, the like you'll encounter. You may have just defeated some twelve foot tall like demon, but two foot soldiers with like samurai swords can still kill you. Right, I right, mean, yeah. You don't ever outgrow them. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. You do become really proficient at dealing with them, so that right. they feel like goombas, but they're never goombas. Right. No. They never yeah. get that dumb. Um, and so what? What I what I concluded back then was that what I liked about it was that the game had forced me to develop some level of mastery over it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But inevitably in doing that, I had to get, I got wrecked by two foot soldiers with samurai swords a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Lot, a lot. <laughs> and so then that also makes me think now the way that I think about gaming a lot of times I find myself like ask me about MOBAs. The reason I say I don't play MOBAs is only the number one reason I give is because there's just so much to learn. Yep. Like there's just so much stuff to know and I don't care to learn it all or whatever. Well, and that brings up like another thing that I really felt was, was really interesting as an experience from the fire festival is the way different people taught. So the festival was like 90% classes or like 80% mm -hmm. classes. And uh, a lot of people had different teaching styles, but there were also classes on like teach the teachers, like how to teach effectively. 
um, how to break down complex moves. And I had classes with both really good and I would say kind of iffy teachers. Now, it could have also been that I was just my brain was burned up by the point that I took their class. So I wasn't able to really grok what they were saying. But like, I feel like I had a pretty good spectrum of of trainers. And and we've talked about this before in games, too, of like, how do you teach your game to your players? Right. Who is your player base, you know, and how do you teach your game to them? But I think that it, it was so interesting to just kind of see and experience um, how just how different people teach and like and, and going in and under figuring out how do I learn the best? What am I the most excited by in a teaching style? Like and and then kind of asking myself where it was kind of like so so i just literally within the last day or two jumped into no man's sky for the first time in ages and the newest season comes out which also all about dying over and over again you did get into just roguelike elements yep. of this expedition yep <laughs> um and the fourth milestone is actually kill yourself because this is part of it like it they basically tell you yeah die yeah you have to this die. is part of the thing mm-hmm. anyway sorry <laughs> and uh no, no. I mean, it, it. That's what it. That's what it's doing. And like, but the, but my problem with it was that it also somewhat assumes that you remember how to play. Yeah. Like, like I, I've been going back into the logbook and actually getting frustrated because they don't have a standard. They don't use a standard kind of keyboard layout for a lot of their buttons. Like one, two, three, four doesn't necessarily change my gun type. Nope, sure and doesn't. Like. And I didn't know how to access my... Vi- like, I remembered I needed to scan stuff, but did not know how. Right. And I'm, like, fighting the menus to try to find the help menu. And I really... I, I flashed back to one of the training classes that I took uh, at Kinetic Fire. It was, like, an hour-long class. And in the last eight minutes of it or so, they said, okay, that's all, that's all the class moves. We're going to do our recap video. So anybody that's done, please leave or be quiet. Uh, for everybody else, get out your phones, get everything ready, and in a, in a minute or so, we'll do a recap. And they literally went through the quick version of all of the things that they taught us slowly over the last hour. And mm. everybody was allowed to sit there and record on their phones all of the, it's all the major details. And if I slowed it down, it would just be everything that I learned over the last hour. Yeah. And I really kind of wished that I had some kind of like i I finally got my ship fixed up in no man's sky after fighting it for ages and then couldn't take off like i was like i thought i knew how to take off i thought it was just this it didn't feel it was nothing was happening it was just that i just wasn't doing it long enough but yeah it was i felt like i was like i need a recap video i need like a three minute video that explains to me where your game is different from every other game i've ever played (laughs) like oh hey by the way weapons don't cycle using the mouse wheel like they cycle over here right you may want to re you may want to be on the lookout for phosphorus to recharge your life support so you don't constantly die right because it also puts you on it put me on a hard planet because dying is part of the game right so it's just i had like two minutes Yep. To remember how to play the game before I was dead. Yep. And I was like, this is not, I don't know. And there's, and it doesn't pause when you open the menu because it's a, always multiplayer. So like I'm opening the menu, like, oh, I'll just go through and read the tutorial. And it's like severe storm detected. You're yeah. about to die. Like, oh, cool. It doesn't pause. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, well, and so 
I hit that same point in games where I will jump in, especially if it's a game I'm coming back to, where I won't remember how to do whatever it is that you do. And I'll just put it back down because I'm like, eh, I never mind. I basically, but, it, it took a lot of fighting not to. But per the conversation we're having, it's like, if you can just get let go of that frustration mm-hmm. of you don't know what you're doing and how irritating this is, then you can actually break through into something that's far more interesting. Yeah. Right? I, and that's basically what happened as I, within the first like five, 10 minutes, I was like, is this worth it? Am I like, <laughs> what am I, do- what am I actually here to do? Yeah. And, and, and then it was like, oh, well, if I can let go of worrying, yeah, I can, I can eventually find the buttons that I need to find. And right. now I still haven't decided it. it's not like I broke through and I'm like, oh, no man's sky is the best game I've ever played. I'm going to play it forever. I, I don't know if that's going to be it, but I think right, I'm at yeah. a place where I'm like, okay, well I can just, it's a toy. I can now play with it as a toy and see if I enjoy it. It is. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that game on another episode or something more at length, but it's crazy what that game has become mm-hmm. now. And it really is a toy. That's just like, I mean, you know, we did an episode, I don't know, a year or something ago about, um, like wing commander and privateer and like the mm-hmm. old school space games that drew us to that genre. Right. right. That drew us to, to that stuff so much. And no man's sky. I mean, it doesn't have the narrative structure that wing commander does. Cause it's not just a, a linear game like that. No. Um, but, but I definitely put it up there with privateer. Yeah. Well, and it basically fulfills every wish that we would have had as a kid and mm-hmm. some that we didn't even know. Like right. I didn't know I wanted to to get in a ship on a on the ground and then fly into space and be there without a loading screen within seconds. Yeah, and then back on the plane. I didn't know. And then onto possible. my my super carrier with my nine other ships. <laughs> right. That I don't have to sell my one ship to buy my one other one. I just have a small fleet, and now I'm going to go hire wingmen and co-pilots and an entire industry of the space station like (laughs) what (laughs) right (laughs) right it just keeps zooming out until you just are one of the lords in like a 4x honestly (laughs) all they need to do now is uh is just introduce the proto molecule you know what i mean there you go yeah (laughs) no man's sky x expanse and i'm good (laughs) (laughs) i'll be james holden but um, anyway, man, well, yeah, I that's all I really wanted to, to chat about today. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I think that people should go try something new, like like not be I think not being afraid and just allowing yourself to go play and not being afraid of failure. I think that is uh, I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Even if that's but even if that's not and if that's a totally new experience, that's not gaming related, then obviously awesome. Like go learn how to do fire stick dancing or even if it's just playing starcraft ladder or something or league mm-hmm. of legends ladder or whatever rocket thing league ladder. That you're worried about just let it go because uh there's more fun on the other side so that's all for our episode today if you like this episode consider buying us a cup of coffee at our ko-fi page which is ko-fi.com slash p-u-y-s pod or just tell a friend about us because word of mouth really does make a difference All the links and our social accounts are available down in the show notes. And if you would like to hear more content from us, Walker hosts another podcast called The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests. 